There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode two of season one of Deadly Class. I love that you put season one. Yeah. You're always so, so hopeful. I'm always so negative. But this was so good. The first episode was amazing. Right. The second episode was just as crazy and I loved it. And just tweeting with everybody from first episode, it seems like the cast and the writers are really, really into tweeting with everybody. And Absolutely, I'm going yeah. to hope that it's more than just that first episode that we... Yeah, let's hope so. And I hope it is season one because we unfortunately got some sad news for one of our other shows. We did post it up on our Facebook, but Channel Zero is not being renewed this for another season. Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, we did get four seasons of it. Right. But still. Which I think was, let's see... We had season one, then they came back and said, yes, we're going to get season two. We had season two, and they came back and said, yes, we're going to get three and four. Yeah, it's just really sad because it was great. And all the stories on Creepypasta, I mean, there's so many. Although it was really nice that Nick and Tosca, who was the one who was putting it all to screen, which was great, he did mention the four writers of the Creepypasta stories and thank them immensely, which I'm sure they, they got paid, I hope. Right. But thank them immensely for their vision and to be able to get that out on screen. I think that's pretty good. And I'm really hoping with everything getting picked up that we've seen so far on some of the streaming services, I mean, there's always that hope. Right. So that would be really cool if it gets picked up. But otherwise, I don't know, I think four seasons of creepy weirdness was awesome. And maybe we'll get something else, other new stuff brought to sci-fi, like deadly class for instance yes well here's hoping and all right let's jump into episode two because we don't have the ratings yet no, for episode no. one because we're doing this so close right all right let's jump into episode two all right episode two noise 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 marcus dealing with guilt of killing rory has a party at shabnam's and all the school is invited yeah i love that okay after re-watching episode one a couple times even remember them like pointing out the group that Shabnam is part of. No, they did not. We didn't see Shab in episode one. I'm guessing he would have to be part of like the CIA because they did mention like was it the CIA, FBI, mob accountants kind of thing. Right. So I'm guessing he would have to be part of that group. Could be because his dad is a wealthy banker. So it's the only thing I can think of. Right. Because otherwise, he really sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> he certainly does. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start at King's Dominion. 
Marcus is definitely having trouble dealing with his killing of Rory. We have a nice little voiceover. And after episode one, we found out that those voiceovers were actually from the writer's thoughts. I thought that was awesome. That's amazing. Yes, it is. That's how often did you get something like that? Yeah. So he meets the rats out in the cemetery and asks them if any of them have some weed, which, of course, they don't bring it to school. Billy tells Marcus he's looking pretty rough. Well, I didn't sleep too well. And Lex tells him to buck up and plants a kiss on him as they head to class. Oh, my God. That was just so funny when he was <laughs> like, let go and let God or something. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You're in a school for assassins. And he's like, I'm going to spout this random, like, biblical fortune cookie stuff. Right. So Marcus stops and looks back and he sees Rory. I was not expecting him to be in this episode at all. No, but boy, was he. Yeah. So we cut to the poison lab where Dinky is telling the class about a pesticide that was thought to increase agricultural capacity, but instead they discover one of the deadliest poisons on the planet. And he asks the class why the U.S. and Soviets are stockpiling this discovery, and Petra says to kill whoever survives the nukes. And, of course, another kid suggests Marcus uses it on Reagan. I don't even know how that kid had heard anything. Right. Because it, unless it just, I don't know, Lex talking smack. It could be. Because really, it's only the rats that know that that's who he wants to kill. Right. One of the three had to let it out. And then the bell rings. And then we get some real high school hijinks in the study hall. Marcus, of course, monologues about putting on a happy face and trying to make the best of it by making friends. And, of course, he tries to talk to a guy who basically tells him to pound salt. (laughs) Yeah, he was trying to bond over a comic book. Right. And this kid was not having any of it. Not like him and Willie. Nope. And Sayed comes by and checks to see what he's doing, and Marcus closes his notebook. Hmm. Not wanting to share your drawings or your feelings with Saya. I thought that was kind of weird, too, because I thought she was keeping her distance from him in public. Right. And here we are at school. And, she, and she's I like mean, she got creeping up on him. To him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like she stood a couple feet away. She was right up against him. So, yeah, that was after completely ignoring him in the episode one where walks down the hall for the first time. You kind of go, hmm, curious. Billy drops a book on the librarian's desk, waking her up. and That poor woman is like 900 years old. Leave her alone. And tells her he wants to check it out, but is having a hard time understanding a chapter. And of course, opens the book and hands it to her. And she stands up and goes into a tirade regarding all the dick drawings in the book. And when she turns to look another direction... There's one on her face. And, of course, everybody in the library just cracks up. I'm trying to figure out, okay, if everybody there is essentially an assassin, how did somebody sneak up on her, even with her being old, and draw that on her face? Exactly. I'm <laughs> like, okay, maybe that's why she's the librarian at this point. I don't know. That must she's be. really lost her edge. <laughs> but you wouldn't suspect a woman like her. No, you wouldn't. See? Always thinking. (laughs) 
So, of course, Marcus goes out to have a smoke in the cemetery when Professor Dinky comes up and asks him if he's voluntarily ingesting cyanide. I love how Henry Rollins is playing this professor. Oh, absolutely. Because he seems almost not innocent, but in this episode, it was almost kind of absent-minded, like pleasant kind of professor. Right. Who talks to him and actually opens up to him. And it's like, oh, this is weird. Like, you expect all the professors to be kind of like crazy hardcore. Right. Standoffish type people. And Dinky's basically not trying to be friendly to Mark. Yeah. Yeah. It just seemed kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it did. Because, <laughs> of course, he asked Marcus if he wants to snuff Reagan. And Marcus tells him why. And then Dinky tells him that he lost several friends to a plague that Reagan wouldn't admit to was real. AIDS. Right. And it's weird because it's one of those things like you didn't think about. Right. Like how they how everybody was treated then. I mean, I was I was pretty young, so I didn't realize it. But when you hear it, the way that Dinky was saying it, the way he played this, you know, he's like he wouldn't even say the word. Right. And it's like, wow, that's something like I never realized until I was an adult, like how they kind of didn't want to even acknowledge that this thing was real. Right. And so, yeah, Dinky just being like, yeah, he wouldn't do it. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I was yeah. like, oh, whoa. First and only person that supports Marcus in his quest. Right. It's like, yeah, do it. And I loved it, though, because when he said, he's like, yeah, you know, all this training and this changed world bullshit. It's just hippie sh crap. Right. I just love that he said that. It was like, okay, so he's being like, well, I'm assuming he's not lying to him. So he's being real with him about how he feels. And yeah, it's cool. Take Reagan out because, and I can't remember the exact wording, but I think it was something like Reagan and his ilk never see the guillotine anymore. Right. It's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like this teacher. Right. Yeah, he definitely moved up the list of favorites in this episode. Right? For sure. <laughs> Marcus tells him hating what's wrong is easy, but he's going to do something about it. Dinky replies that he has the thing that this place is supposed to nurture, and they all see it, and that's why they'll try to destroy you. Which that kind of confused me. Well, I think he was talking about kids. Oh, okay. See, I was thinking he meant the professors, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Right. But okay, yeah, if he's talking about the other kids, whether it's from fear or jealousy, yeah, right. I get So we go to the AP Black Arts class, and Willie is standing in front of the class, having to explain his kill. Master Lin tells them that 70% of soldiers don't pull the trigger in battle, the weak always choke in the face of killing. And because only one was able to complete the test, there will be a new test. A final chance to prove your worth. And you go, uh-oh, what is going on here? Right. And the way he said it, and the way he was kind of side-eyeing Willie. Yeah. I'm like, uh-oh, this is really not good. Right. Tells him, survive, and you earn a place here. Fail, and you die. And then tells him all to get out of his sight. Except for Willie, 
because as Willie gets up and is about to leave, Master Lin tells him to stay. Of course, they all pile out into the hallway, and most of the kids are complaining of what Victor said he couldn't find anybody. And I thought he said he couldn't find proof. That might have been. Because it was something like he only found a jaywalker or something. Right, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, you killed that, a jaywalker? Right. Couldn't have been somebody that actually deserved it. Right. And then out of nowhere, iron gates come down on each side of the hallway. Oh, that's Say, not good. What? This is not good. It's no. like, I'm waiting for Jigsaw to come riding out on a little tricycle next. Right. So the lights go out and a gas starts coming out of the vent and they hear Master Lin over the intercom saying, I'm alive with breath, as cold as death. I'm never thirsty, but always drinking. What am I? Oh, great time to get a riddle. Yeah. And to pass this and survive the, oh yeah, that's poisonous gas. Yeah. Make it to the botanical classroom and answer the riddle. You have... Was it five or ten minutes? It wasn't very long. Five minutes. Great. And that's when Brandy, our big-haired southern Dixie mafia racist. Yeah. Who noticed her nose bleeding? Again, that poor girl and her nose. I'm just saying. (laughs) I feel a little bad. But Saya jumps up to Marcus, and she's like, takes small, shallow breaths. It's like, whoa, whoa. Okay. She's like, we're all going to die because I'm in here with you. Right. Of course, we see Victor trying to lift the gate, and Marcus tells him that he can help with that. And of course, Brandy tries to stop him, but he snags one of her hairpins and picks the lock to the gate. Now, come on. Okay. Got all so he these gets the- kids that are assassins, and none of them knew how to pick a lock. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> and plus, he does it, opens it, and they like all push him out of the way. Yeah. Dude, you would all be stuck right where you are. Yep. No. Thank you for saving us. Nothing. Nothing. Group makes it down the stairway as Marcus coughs up some blood. And they start down a hallway. And, of course, has to be. Marcus steps on a piece of floor, which causes the walls to start coming down to block the hallway. And two Master Senseis appear. Great. (laughs) This is going to be great. Yeah, this is Five minutes, you're panicking. Right. Yeah, because we see Chico leading the group down the hallway, and you just kind of go, yeah. Group starts to fight. The senseis is, Willie is hearing what is going on in Master Lin's office and looking so uncomfortable, and Lin knows it. Yeah, because Lin just keeps looking at him, and he I swear he turned up the volume. Yes. Like, here, listen to the panicked sounds of your classmates. Right. And by the way, how did you lift a grown man's body into a dumpster all by yourself? It's like, uh oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Willie, I think you've been busted here, boy. Right. So each one of the kids try to take on a sensei, and Saya yells to Marcus that they need to do this together, and they're able to knock one of the senseis down. Group does a slide under the closing walls. And barely make it under the wall, except for two that are stopped by the other sensei. Uh-oh. I feel like there was more than two that didn't yeah, make There probably was, but we only saw two. Chico, Maria, Brandy, Victor, Saya, and Marcus make it to the botanical class. They still have to figure out what the antidote is. That's who we see. Five. Yeah. Of 
course, each plant has a small medallion with a picture on it. Well, there's your hints, guys. Right. And Marcus heads over to a group of plants near Chico where he figures it out. Right, because he starts saying the riddle riddle again. Right, and sees one medallion with a fish. And, of course, Chico turns around and cold cocks him. You know what, Chico? I wouldn't mind if you didn't make it through this one (laughs) because you were just working my nerves. Yep. And, of course, with the others having already collapsed, Chico also goes down. But somehow Maria is able to sit up, eat the plant, as well as feeding it to Marcus, um, as well as the others. But when she gets to Chico, she has to think about it, but finally gives in. I was thinking because he was already foaming that it was too late. Right. And I'm like, okay, I guess you can just leave it. But because I think after they all kind of recovered, doesn't Marcus ask what happens to the ones who didn't make down there? And Billy says something like, oh, the monks will revive them. They'll be fine. Right. So even if she. No, they're all dead. Right. Because I'm like, okay, which is it? Because I'm thinking if she didn't give it to Chico, would he have been like dead, dead? Right. Just, I wondered. Yeah. That is a really good question. Is this, was this really a situation of life and death or was it not? Mm -hmm. We don't really know for sure. If Lynn would have basically killed them all and just told the parents, your kid flunked out, so they're dead. I'm not thinking quite so much. Right. Because now that we think about it, because the next scene, we end up, Going to the cafeteria, and we see Shab standing there trying to convince everyone to make him class president, and Victor dumps a trash can on him. And I'm like, wait a second. I don't remember Victor being in the botanical room. Right. That's why I was like, hold on. No, I I said Victor was in there with him. Was he? Yeah. Like, I remember, so Maria had it first, and then Marcus, and then she gave to Saya. And Brandy. Right. That's why I'm like, I don't remember Victor. When did she give Victor? Right. Yeah. She, yeah, that's right. I, I didn't, unless see, it, I didn't see him, her give it to Victor, but I did see Victor go in the room with him. Okay. So like maybe it was when they all blacked out kind of right. thing. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Of course, Victor picks up a trash can and dumps it on Shab and we get a wide shot of the group and. Sure enough, there's three more bloody teenagers behind the original group that we didn't see in the botanical room. Okay, so our group may have just been the first ones that made it in. Could be. Okay. Could be. Chico spits at Shab as he walks by, but Marcus stops and pulls the trash can off of him. Shab thanks him, gives him a cassette, and tells him to rock out the vote and starts his pitch again as Marcus walks away. This kid, I don't think he should be there. Unless he's like a serious psycho, like undercover psycho. I don't know. He just does not fit. (laughs) No, not at all. And like we say, Marcus is able to find Petra and Billy and Lex. And he sits down with them. And Petra tells Marcus that Shab and his crew are highly annoying. And Billy calls them the Goo Patrol. And Marcus lets them know he's not going to let anyone get bullied. So Petra informs him that they see kindness as a weakness, so it's better to be a dick. Tell me about it, Petra. <laughs> and then, yeah, here comes Shab. And I love that Petra just looks at Marcus with, like, this death glare. Yeah, you 
brought a plague upon our house. <laughs> but Shab invites Marcus to his house for a party as his parents will be out of town. Just a few people. Just my group and a few people. Marcus accepts his offer with along of a few friends. And you kind of go, uh-oh. I'm sure it's going to end well. Yeah. So our next scene is with Maria and Saya. Yeah, hanging out in Maria's room, I think. Yeah, unless they share a room, which is very Oh, possible. yeah, they could be roommates. Yep. And we kind of get a little back and forth between these two. A little jealousy much, maybe? I don't know if it was jealous or... Trying to one-up each other? Yeah, <laughs> that's almost what it felt like to me. More catty than jealousy? Yeah, slightly more catty. <laughs> Yeah, because Maria's like, oh, Saya, you were pretty close to Marcus during that pop quiz. And she's just like, yeah, Master Lynn made my pledge. Maria looked a little surprised. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if she was surprised because Saya got a pledge or because it was Marcus. Right. But then Maria all of a sudden's like, oh, yeah, I kissed him. So I was like, so did I. It's like, <laughs> okay. And then... How are they going to do this? How are they going to go? And they're both like, oh, really? Do you like him? Did you touch him? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Maria's like, no, I just wanted to set him up to take out Chico. It's like, oh, that's going to go over great. Right. And she just had an opportunity to let it happen. Right. And she didn't. Yeah. So I don't know. And again, going back to episode one with her meds, is she bipolar then? She's like, I want him dead. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. You know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, they start talking about the party. And it's like, oh, this is what we need. We should totally do this. And then Chico just walks in. Yeah. Okay, nice. But he starts to talk to Maria and he's like, oh, where's something nice I want to take you out? And she's like, well, we're going to go to the party and he's like no no we're not and this is when i was a little little on the fence with saya i'm like is she gonna try to like take chico out because she's like do you ever ask what she wants to do and chico's like when two people are in love you don't have to ask you just know it's like right yeah uh, first of all i'm like yeah I've been together with my significant other for a really long time. My husband still asks me, what do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He is so controlling, and I'm like, oh, I don't like this guy. No. And, and he's probably the nicest guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll continue with Maria and Chico's date. They're at a really nice restaurant, and Maria tells him she just wanted to have some fun with her friends. Wrong thing to say, Maria. Apparently. Because Chico tells her, that's not friends, there are competitions. Kind of goes, yeah, but. Yeah, because Maria's like, oh, so everyone's around me? Yep. It's like, oh, okay, Chico, you're not even going to lie about it. They're not even going to be in the same fear as you. Like, he's like, just until we take over, and then I'm going to buy you a big house, bigger than that crap village you came from. And she looks upset. I didn't know if it was upset because he's talking crap about where she came from. Right. Or just the way he's talking. Because then he's like, I've loved you since we were children. I'm like, this is getting creepy. Yeah. And then Maria's like, oh, this place kind of reminds me of. And she says where it is. And I missed it. Right. And it turns out it was the place that they first kissed. And 
I don't remember exactly. Was it him or her that said that he was terrified? She said that he was terrified. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, I mean, he kind of smiled. So it's like, okay. It's like you want him to almost not be this super jerk that he is. Right. But you can't feel like it's going to happen because no. of the dominoes that start falling next. Yeah, because one of Chico's friends from the old country shows up and Chico invites him to join them. Yeah, so much for your romantic night out with your girlfriend. And Maria gives him the, the look and Chico says, hey, we can't be rude. Yeah, it's all about you, dude, isn't it? Right. And I noticed that they were drinking wine. Yeah. I'm like, okay, how old are they supposed to be? Because I thought they were supposed to be like... Teenagers. High, yeah. Like, maybe upper high school into college level. Maybe. But I'm like, what was the hell was the drinking age? I thought it was still 21 back then. Yeah. Yeah, might have been 18. Some states. Okay. And knowing Chico, he's probably got umpteen million fake IDs. Oh, probably. If he's got them, Maria's got them, so... Of course, after their dinner, they leave the restaurant and get into his car with his friend and Maria getting in the back while Chico gets in the front. Oh, yeah. Little snort of cocaine, too, on their way in the back seat. Yeah. Chico turns and shoots the dude in the, straight in the middle of his eyes. It's like, whoa. Hold on. Yeah, poor Maria. Like, the blood just gets on her and she's just like the hell is happening right she freaks and of course the chico's driver asks to make it disappear chico says yep and tell my old man it's done so he couldn't go out and kill somebody for his assignment but he was able to for his dad well i guess you better take whatever evidence he needs yeah chico gets in the back seat and tells maria that he knows that she sent marcus after him Oh, oh. Yeah, Maria really starts freaking out and tells her she's going to be his wife and raise his children, but if she does it again, he will kill her. Yeah. Controlling much? I think so. Right. So not good. No. This is not going to end well, and it's going to affect Marcus. I can tell it already. Oh, yeah. So it's finally party time as Marcus and Billy walk up to Shab's house. And, oh my God, there are people hanging out outside and even more inside. So this is not the five to ten people that Shab was thinking it was going to be. Right. Of course, get inside, see Shab cleaning up messes, find Lex, who tosses them a beer as Saya joins them, and they see Petra sitting at a bar and Billy just stares at her. Okay. We see what's going on here. And, of course, Saya asks Billy if he's told her. Of course, he hasn't. And she goes, well, then go and talk to her. <laughs> Not quite in those words, but, yeah. Right. Just and, never never working out quite right. Yeah. And she tells him he's a cute, nice guy. Well, Marcus gets uh, distracted by Dwight over at the fish tank, and he goes up and asks if they're doing gravity bombs. and. Of course, Dwight tells him it's a water bong and calls Marcus a rookie. Of course, Dwight is probably twice as old as every <laughs> student in there. And it's Bert from Big Bang. Right, Brian Potion. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. that was really strange. 
Right, because I happened to watch Big Bang later, and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and he happened to the episode. Totally different. Yeah, he looks <laughs> totally different. It's weird. And, of course, Shab complains about the carpet being ruined and someone shitting on the wall. And I'm trying to figure out like, how. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Up that high, at least. Yeah. It was like you had to be hanging from the ceiling or something. It's like, what? What? I don't get it. No, I don't know how that happened either. Right. And we see Victor asking Brandy how much she would have to get paid to have sex with Shab. And she thinks about it and replies $20,000. Shouldn't have said that, Brandy. Right, because he just kind of walks off and he's like, okay. Right. Was he mad that somebody asked that? Or So Marcus, here's Willie telling his version of the kill story, puts his headphones on. Now, of course, Willie notices Marcus standing there by himself and goes up to him and asks him, who listens to a Walkman at a party? Valid question. Of course, they argue about the music a little bit. Billy sees Petra sitting on a couch with another girl and gets the nerve to go to talk to her. Course is, is about to get to the couch. Lex sits next to Petra and starts rambling on about her and she gets up and walks off. Yeah, Lex was a real asshole in this episode. Oh my God, was he ever. Of course, Billy walks off and Lex harasses Brandy as well as Dwight. And Marcus calls Lex out. Marcus is not putting up with anybody's crap tonight. Brandy pushes Marcus and Saya into the bathroom for their seven minutes of whatever, she said. (laughs) (laughs) And Saya asks about his scar over his eye, and Marcus tells her it was from his bunkmate at the boys' home. That can't be good. No, because I feel like nothing that's going to be said is going to be, like, just because. Right. So I'm like, great, this is going to happen. Uh-huh. Something's going to happen. <laughs> Saya mentions how her feelings are mixed like dye. Well, almost every teenager's feelings are mixed like dye. <laughs> a fact of life. So Marcus tells her she's drunk as she moves closer to him and she asks, what is he going to do about it? And you go, oh, this is where this is headed. But no. He's about to kiss her. He hears Willie again and storms out of the bathroom. Yeah, Saya's like, the hell just happened? Right. So he goes up to Willie and tells him to shut up. He's hurt him all day long and then storms out to the porch. Willie follows him out the porch and asks if he isn't drowning his feelings as Marcus has flashbacks, but Willie is drinking fruit punch. Oh my gosh, I thought Marcus was going to punch him just because of the fruit punch. Yeah, and then we get some backstory from Willie. As he tells Marcus about how his father was making pancakes for him one morning and some guys broke in with guns. And I loved it because they did it in animation style like we got for Marcus's flashback. Yeah, Willie was the closest to his father's gun and was told to grab and shoot. Unfortunately, he was not able to control the gun, and one bullet hit his father in the back of the head. I was so sad for him in that moment. Oh, absolutely. And Marcus tells him it wasn't his fault he was a kid, and Willie tells him not to call him out in front of his people again. You survive your way, and I will survive mine, and if he ever loses his rep, he's a dead man. It's like, hmm. Now we have two in this situation that are 
their reps are not exactly the truth, and therefore, hmm, who's going to die first? Hopefully neither, because I like yeah. them both. Yes. Now back inside, Billy is looking for the one thing every household had, Quaker Oats, but can't find any. Petra comes in and gets a piece of pizza, and Billy wants to leave, but Marcus gets him to talk to her about his feelings. Shouldn't have done that. Oh my gosh, because it was so awkward. Yes. Because he goes and, and he's kind of stumbling over, telling Petra, oh, you're really pretty, I like you. Oh, hey, you got a mouthful of food, let me get you something to drink. And as he turns around to get her some water, like, her eyes had gotten, like, saucer. You know, they're huge. Yeah, she was not expecting that. No. Really. So she just sees Victor, grabs him, and is, like, taking him upstairs. And I thought Marcus was going to try to distract Billy. Right. And he kind of tried. Yeah. And then Billy turns around and sees it, and he's just, like, crushed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so bad. And then you have Lex, who really sucks at comforting anyone. Yes. (laughs) Also, I don't know, backhandedly trying to comfort Billy? Because the intention was there, uh, the execution was extremely poor. Yeah, I can say that too. And then next thing we know, Victor shows up just butt ass naked. Yeah, like what are you doing? (laughs) Oh my gosh! And well, what's happening? You have Marcus who is once again like hallucinating of seeing Rory and questioning. Everything about everything. And who's he helping? And when you suddenly see him, like, kind of come back into the moment, and he hears Brandy talking about how Mexicans never do anything right, he jumps up and he throws a drink on her. I was like, oh, you just ruined that girl's big Texas hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you won't fight. And Saya's like, I got this, I got this, and pulls him away. Yeah, he's I'm like, oh, that's not good. Somebody's going to take you out for ruining that hair. <laughs> yeah, but Sayas asks him, why are you trying to get yourself killed all night long? And why are you having to deal with Willie's kill? So she's pretty much got Marcus pegged here. Yeah, like she knows something's up. Right. And we cut over to the couch where Dwight talks to Marcus about what is wrong with kids today. Not enough weed and hands Marcus a joint. Now Marcus takes it. Oh, yeah, he's not gonna. He does. Yeah, he's not gonna turn that down. No. Nope. But Marcus is looking at him like you've lost your mind, and Dwight's like, "Yeah, alcohol fuels discontentment. So you know, we just need to have this discussion of weed versus alcohol, and maybe just have more weed." And Marcus is just like, "Uh, yeah, I'm done." <laughs> he gets up and I think he's wanted to leave, but as He's thinking about it. Shab walks back in. Right. I'm laughing because I'm like, what the hell? Because he's like, where did you go? Shab's like, I just had to go get $20,000. What? Yeah. So I can pay Brandy for sex. Well, we know what that is, but I don't think Marcus knows. No. Because he wasn't at that table. No, he wasn't. And next thing we know, here comes Lex with, oh my God. Yeah, in his Chad's (laughs) mother's underwear outside his clothes and this big ass dildo. (laughs) And you hear him, I think it's clean. I don't know. (laughs) Like, oh my God. And he's just like 
slapping the hell out of people with it and ends up knocking Shab into the wall as he's beating him with Yeah. Oh my god. It's like, what are you doing? Because then Shab, surprisingly, lets <laughs> loose that I read your file. It's like, ooh, your dad isn't a gangster, he's a dock worker. And then Lex just slips a little bit further into that accent. Yeah. And I'm like, I really don't know what he's saying right now. No. <laughs> Other than don't talk about my father or something uh, as yes. he's beating the crap out of Shab. Yeah, then, then the beating starts. Right. What's the worst thing that could ever happen to you? Get <laughs> beaten senseless with your mother's dildo in your own house. Right. Oh, my God. But then it gets worse because Saya stops the beating by whipping out the sword. Where did that come from? And cutting the dildo in half. Yeah, and then Victor. <laughs> was it just me or did he seem very like, God, what was that comedian? Yako Smirnoff or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> yes. We have words in KGB. Sometimes you are a dildo, sometimes you are a face. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. That was the time? Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Cops show up at Chab's house and everyone scrambles. Marcus makes it outside, but sees multiple Rory's and freezes up. Fortunately, Willie comes up, tells Marcus that one of the cops recognized him, and they get the hell out of there. Yeah, he's like, you've been made, man. It's like, so this is the second time that Willie has basically realized that Marcus has been made by the cops, and... Had to get him out. Yeah. So the next day, Master Lin wakes Marcus up and tosses a suit on the bed, telling him they have something they need to do. This can't be good. No. Why give him a suit? Yeah. And they arrive at Rory's funeral in time to hear his daughter talking about her father. When she finishes, Master Lin pushes Marcus to say something, and he tells them that he and Rory lived in a shanty town. And then he pauses for a while, and you see the anger come back. And he tells them that Rory stole, he beat up women, and he hurt people. And when he walks away, Rory's daughter spits in his face and tells him to burn in hell. I was waiting for Marcus to be like, I'm already there. Yeah. So Marcus asks why Master Lin did that, and he tells him that it's important that we face our victims. Oh, really? Is that how you got over... Killing everybody for your wife and daughter's death there, Master Lin? Right. Now, of course, he also gives Marcus a police report saying that Rory was wanted for six homicides and that he likely prevented many more. And that Marcus was justified in what he did and that he made the world a better place. And that over time he will see that and he's very proud of him. And you go, okay, so who told Master Lin? Right. It has to be Willie. He's the only other person who knew. I don't know. Unless so, somebody was watching. Yeah. So back at King's Dominion, Master Lin tells him that he now has a permanent room assignment. He opens the door and his new roommate is in there and it's Shab. And I wonder if that's because of what happened earlier with the party or from him like helping Shab or what the deal was. I'm wondering if we're going to get more. Yeah. It's very possible that Lynn was also told about what happened in the cafeteria and what Marcus did. And sure enough, the next scene, Master Lynn tells Saya that she was right, that Marcus did the kill, 
and she was smart to tell him, and that the deeds of her pledge are hers to share. So Saya figured it out. So that's got to be the one who told Master Lin. It just seems weird. Yeah. Because he never said anything. So. No. And then we start to get into more about wanting to know his weaknesses. And Saya tells him that he's a liar, a liability with the cops, and a substance abuser. Well, what's his greatest weakness? His need for friends and family. She's got him pegged like none of Yeah, it's like for real. And Lynn still senses she's holding something back, and she finally lets it out that Marcus did not kill the children at the boys' home, and his rep is a lie. Of course, Master Lynn wonders who did kill the children. Now, I'm wondering if Lynn wants to know who did it because he wants to have them there, or if he wants to know who was maneuvering Marcus to be there. Right. To be the fall guy. Right. And to ultimately end up with King's Dominion. Right. If they even knew about it. I mean, that could just be like completely coincidental. But do we believe in coincidence? No. <laughs> Not at all. And we cut to a petting zoo and we see a policeman pulling up, going inside. And a guy is pulling his pants back up. Okay, mm, really? Not go there. He tells the guy yeah. to step away from the goat, and the guy replies, "I wasn't hurting anyone." Pulls on a rope, which drops some bricks onto the officer. So obviously, some kind of setup. Yeah. Tells the cop, "Sorry about the, his noodle, but he needs a pig to help him find the boy who torched the boys' home." Which, as he says that, you get to see his face full on. Yeah. And he's obviously been burned, but I'm like, okay, so I'm wondering if this is the guy who set Marcus up. I'm thinking so. Because then when he's like, oh, if you thought I was hard on that goat, just wait till you see what I do to my old roommate, my pal Marcus. As he shows him a picture of Marcus, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we only thought King's Dominion was bad. Now we got this lunatic gunning for marcus as well right so it's only going to get worse is what i'm thinking yeah and it may take the whole school to stop this lunatic yeah he does seem like cuckoo for cocoa puffs for real absolutely well what do you guys think about this episode of deadly class let us know at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com that's s-y-f-y at fangirlzone.com uh you can also tweet with us and Facebook and Tumblr and YouTube everywhere. We're everywhere. Or just go to www.fangirlzone.com and our contact page is all there. You can send us emails or any other form of contact. You can actually comment under each each of our podcasts as well on there. And while you're at it, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and any other platform you find us on because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends. We do hope you're enjoying our podcast. And I'm sure by now you found us on whatever platform since we are pretty much everywhere now. But if there's new platforms out there that you think we should be on, let us know that too. And for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Pangrelas. And I'm Steve. That's all we are now. Gangs of capitulating assholes. And until next time. <laughs>